You're listening to the Everyday Christian Podcast, where we apply scriptural principles to everyday Christian lives. I'm your host, Jonathan Rich, and today we're starting our Fruit of the Spirit series as we discuss speaking in tongues, is it greater than the fruits of the Spirit? I want to thank you all for joining us today. I am actually kind of in a makeshift studio in my home. It's out of my element. Um, You know, the lighting's probably not that great. My microphone's shaking. In fact, the camera that I'm using is the camera on my computer, so it's probably not going to be as good and high of quality as I usually like it to be. So I wanted to apologize for that straightforward. Um, as we work through some of the kinks, um, it's definitely a studio I'll be using in the future. I just need to work out, you know, everything else and, uh, try to make it as soundproof as possible because I do have children. And if you hear my children, then they're probably going to get in trouble because it's their bedtime. So I appreciate you, um, listening in and looking forward to what God has in store in this episode. I wanted to start a series about the fruit of the Spirit because I don't feel like it's something that is very well spoken of. It's not a common theme. And I know you know what you're thinking. Well, I hear about the fruits of the Spirit all the time. I hear about it. I don't really hear it being taught on, at least not into the detail that I would like to teach it on in this series. Um, what I want to do is maybe the first one, two, maybe even three episodes, I want to do, give it an introduction and kind of show you what the fruit of the Spirit is, what the fruit of the Spirit isn't. And then afterwards, I want to do some individual episodes on each each of the fruits of the Spirit until we get to our final episode where I'm going to discuss, you know, the fruit of the Spirit holistically and and how we can apply all those things to our lives and, and uh, try to portray them in our lives. I know what you're thinking, you know, on this episode, it's almost as if I'm portraying a question to the audience for them to answer or... I've got a question that I'm going to answer later on. Um, I'm not quite going to do that. Uh, I don't mean to portray a question for the audience to answer and debate over. I'm not, you know, when I ask, when I ask that question as part of the title, is speaking in tongues greater than the fruits of the Spirit? I'm not going to put one over the other. Um, I, I hope that as this episode goes on that you'll understand why I chose this title. Um, so. Without further ado, let's get into the subject. First of all, I wanted to say that to claim to be led by the Spirit, to speak in tongues, to read 10 chapters of the Bible a day, to testify in church, but to not show the fruit of the Spirit is hypocritical. You know, to say I am Spirit-filled and Spirit-led, but to hate or to live in misery or to continually be in conflict, to be impatient, to be unkind or mean, to have doubt, to be arrogant, not only means that you aren't led by the Spirit, as you claim, but it also makes you a liar. When I refer to those opposing characteristics and qualities, I'm not speaking about slip-ups or mistakes. You know, we all have mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God, and we all have weaknesses. We all fall short of perfection, but having an active impatience, you know, does not mean that you aren't spirit-filled or spirit-led, but constantly living in impatience likely does. You know, to have an active doubt does not mean that you aren't spirit-led, but to live in doubt continually likely does mean that you, you know, aren't being spirit-led. 
I believe a huge issue in our churches, and I and I spoke about it just a little bit ago about um, one of the this huge issues, and and specifically in Pentecostal churches, is that we place a premium on speaking in tongues, but we give no teaching, no preaching, or effort towards being led and displaying the fruits of the spirit. Now, for the record, I am not anti-speaking in tongues. I believe in tongues. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Contrary to a lot of popular belief, I do believe that the initial evidence of the baptism baptism is speaking in tongues. Now, you may agree with that. You may disagree with that. I don't really care either way. You know, if you believe that the initial baptism is you know, filling doodads up and down your spine. It doesn't matter to me. That's that's not the point that I'm making here. And we can get into that argument later if you ever wanted to talk about it. Um, but contrary to a lot of popular belief, um, I believe that speaking in tongues is initial evidence, but I don't believe that it's the only evidence of being filled with or being led by the Spirit. Our effort as the church has been to push the evidence of tongues, but not the evidence of fruit. You know, we, we hold youth camps, church camps, conferences, all pushing for those who are believers to flood the altars, not to leave until they are speaking in an unknown language, but we give no lesson, no sermon, no seminar, no podcast, no radio broadcast or book on the evidence of being filled or being filled, spirit filled after the initial baptism of the Holy Ghost. We put no premium. We put no premium on cultivating those fruits that come from the Holy Ghost. I know, you know, what you're thinking, that I'm anti-Pentecostal, I'm anti-Holiness movement. I'm not. I, I believe in Pentecost. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've discussed the speaking in tongues on this episode. We've had guests on our show to, to, to discuss speaking in tongues. But what burdens me, what, what hurts me at times, is that we raise generation after generation after generation into believing that if I speak in tongues, that must mean that the Holy Ghost isn't living inside of me. And I again, I believe that that is evidence of the Holy Ghost living inside of you, sure. But how are you after the church service? You know, how's your attitude when you go home from youth camp or when you go home from church camp? You know, how's your attitude after two months, three months after the revival that you just had, where the Lord gloriously filled with you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You know, how is your life after that? I think that's just as important as the initial infilling. We put such a premium on the infilling of the Holy Ghost that we forget to teach people that living for Christ and living Spirit-led is a daily, daily walk. And I've heard it all the time. You know, I've heard it before. Well, if you speak in the speak in tongues every day, you'll you know never fail God. You'll never leave Him. And I won't argue with that. I I believe that that it it is a good thing to pray through daily. It is a good thing to seek God daily. It is a good thing to ask the Lord to fill you with His Spirit and His presence daily. I agree with that. I believe that. I'm for that. But what about the fruit of the Spirit? What about displaying what God has done for you on the inside? Because I tell you what, I guarantee you this, that if you go out onto the streets and you go up to someone who's let's just say who's homeless or a drug addict or someone who just doesn't know God 
and you begin to speak in tongues, they're more than likely going to look at you like you're crazy or like you're drunk. Um, you know, that was that was something that was in Acts 2. And, and I don't, I'm not trying to take away from the scripture here. Just understand what I'm saying is that the way people see Christ in you is by the fruits of the Spirit that you display. The way people see the Holy Ghost in you is by the fruit, I believe, by the fruit of the Spirit. I believe there's a reason and purpose for Paul to use the term fruit in the passages when he is speaking of the characteristics that we display by the Spirit. He uses that word because these characteristics are not something that will be perfected or ripened overnight. It's something that you must be you must tend to, you must work on, you must perfect, you must constantly try to improve. I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I, sh- that I don't struggle with every single one of these at times. You know, I struggle with not having love in my heart. I struggle with not being patient with people. I struggle with having a bad attitude. You know, I, I'd be a, a liar if I didn't, didn't tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here as a preacher, as someone who is called to proclaim the word of God. And I am telling you that I am not without fault. I have those same faults. I have what I felt like hated before. I've been unkind, you know, I've been doubtful. I've been arrogant. I've had those times, those moments of slip up. But I have to constantly try to cultivate those things and try to do better. You know, if I feel like there's someone in the church or there's someone outside of the church, there's someone that I know that, you know, I, they're doing wrong, they're going the opposite way. And I struggle with this, you know, struggle with seeing people that are doing wrong. And, it, and there's something inside of me and, and you know, flesh-wise that says, you should hate them. You should be aggravated with them. You should give up on them. You should tell everyone else about them and all the things that we're doing, that they're doing. These fruits have to be cultivated. I, I'm not just going to love overnight. I, that's something that I have to choose to do, and I have to choose to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. I struggle to love. I struggle to hold my temper or keep my patience. But I tell you, and my wife can tell you, that I don't struggle with it as much as I used to. Why? Because of two things. Because of God's help and because of my desire to be helped. Of course, those are just examples. You know, maybe you struggle with a different fruit of the Spirit. But the part of the point I'm trying to make is is that if speaking in tongues is all that we're being taught to do as a fix-all for our issues or as a magic wand that covers all of the immoral characteristics, then we have missed the boat as the church. If our goal as a body of believers is is to set the standard at the things that we wear, what we listen to, what we watch over the example that Paul is giving to, to, as the example that Paul is laying out here, then our goal is misaligned. There goes my microphone moving again. I believe that being, that being modest, I believe in speaking in tongues, I believe in going to church, I believe those are all good things, but I also believe that we have failed our young people, new converts, and even the older generation into believing that those things are the marks of a believer and follower of Christ. 
Those things are not the only marks of of a believer and follower of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is. I know a lot of you are going to fall out with me on this episode. If I cared, I wouldn't do the episode. I I don't care if you fall out with me. You need to look at the Word of God. You need to go back to what the Bible says, what the Bible teaches. Yes, the Bible teaches modesty. Absolutely. Praise God for it. Yes, the Bible teaches certain things that we should do, say, wear. Sure, I'll give you that. It's not what we think it is, but I'll give you a lot of that. But without question, without saying what is black and white, you know, we talk about, well, these things are black and white. There's no wiggle room here. If you want to know something that's black and white, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Paul shows us that the life in the life of every believer, there's going to be fruits that are portrayed that show others that Christ is living in you. We are really, you know, it reminds me of the story that Jesus spoke of the person that had awed against his brother, but then he tried to bring his gift to the altar. And before he presented that gift, he may, needed to make amends with his brother first. You know, that's the, that's the, uh, the illustration that Jesus gave here. And the reason it reminded me of that is because we're very good at getting the cart before the horse in a lot of areas of our lives, especially when it comes to the fruits of the Spirit. Now, I understand that 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 parable is not discussing the fruits of the Spirit per se, um, but I do believe that it, it holds a lot of value when you think about getting the cart before the horse, because we as Christians, as believers, as followers, Get the card before the horse all the time. If you wear a long skirt, but you're impatient and have hate in your heart that flows out of your lips, you don't need to try and wear a longer skirt than the sister next to you. You need to pray through and ask for the Lord's help to give you more patience and love in your heart. Again, (laughs) I have impatience. There are times where I feel like I have hate in my heart, but I don't take that and say, how... Can I be a little bit more clean shaven? Can I cut my hair any shorter to look more holy? Hate in my heart is not going to be fixed by the scissors. Impatience is not going to be fixed by the length of sleeve that I wear. Those things are only going to be fixed by the Spirit and the help of God. And if I have hate in my heart, if I have disdain, if I have no self-control, if I'm not kind, it doesn't matter how clean-shaven I am, how short my hair is, how long my sleeve is, whether or not I wear a wedding ring. If I have all those things, what I am portraying to other people is not going to be Christ-like. You can agree with me or you can disagree with me, but I can tell you after speaking, you know, and having experience talking to those who have been in the church or talking to those who have been to church before or talking to those who have maybe never graced the the church door, a lot of those individuals look down on church members because of their attitude towards them, because of how they portray themselves characteristically, not because of what they wear. If you go to someone who's lost and you treat them like dirt and you don't tell them about Christ 
and you show them impatience, and you show them no self-control, do you think the first thing they're going to say is, wow, they're a Christian because they have a long skirt and they have their hair in a bun? (laughs) No, they're not. They're not going to see any difference in you than everyone else. I know that that's harsh. I know that that probably hurts some of you. But let's stop getting the cart before the horse. Let's get things right. You know, if you're clean shaven, you have no self-control, you aren't kind. The answer is not to compare yourself to other men for how often you shave. The answer is to seek the Lord and ask him to help you control yourself when facing temptation or that he would help you treat others like Christ would. It has to be cultivated. It has to be watered. The weeds have to be killed. The sun must shine. My standard is not in comparing my life to others, but my standard is comparing my life to God and His Word. Is speaking in tongues better than the fruit of the Spirit? I think we like to think that it is. Is the physical, outward appearance standard better than the fruit of the Spirit? I think that we like to believe that it is. We may not say it, but our actions prove it. Displaying the fruit of the Spirit stems from an inward change, but speaking in tongues does not, at least not always. I want you to understand where I'm coming from here, and if I have to explain that, that's fine. But when you display the fruit of the Spirit like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, when you display those things in the heart of adversity, that is what is going to portray Christ. But I can tell you that I've known of a lot of men and a lot of women that have spoken tongues that you wouldn't tell that they were a Christian two seconds after they left the church house. Just because you speak in another tongue does not mean that those tongues are from God. Just because God uses you to give an interpretation of tongues does not mean that God always approves your lifestyle. I could do a whole episode on that. I could dissect that, you know. Because a lot of that has to do with whether or not it actually is God that's giving you the interpretation. Again, that's an episode for another time. I don't have time for that. But here's the kicker. Paul does not make any claim that the fruits of the Spirit are, the only, pre- are only presented when you're in the presence of someone. The fruit of the Spirit is a contrast according to the verse, to three verses prior to the acts of the flesh. Let me repeat that again. The fruit of the Spirit is a contrast according to the three verses prior to the acts of the flesh. Sexual, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, etc. A lot of these acts of the flesh are inward and outward. The fruit of the Spirit is the same. It's an inward change that is portrayed outward. Not only is it portrayed in front of other people, it's also portrayed at home, in front of your kids, in front of your wife, when you're all by yourself. I've heard a lot of people speak in tongues one moment, and then the next moment they had potty mouths. 
Speaking in tongues does not always reflect an inward change, but the fruit of the Spirit usually does. Again, it all goes back to where the tongue's coming from. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe that it is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I do not believe that it's the only evidence. And I do not believe that it should be placed over the fruit of the Spirit. Not that the fruit of the Spirit should be placed over speaking in tongues, but I feel like they, they work together cohesively. I pray this episode touched you uh, in some way, form, or fashion, touched your heart, maybe challenged you. I know this is a shorter episode than I'm used to doing. I have a lot to say, so I'm going to cut it short here. But I challenge you to think about this in all of its context. You know, is what I'm doing daily portraying Christ? If what I'm doing daily does not portray Christ, then what do I need to work on so that it does? Yes, speak in tongues. Praise God. Yes, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, again, there's no argument here. Have a standard. Live right. Dress a certain way. If you feel like you should cut your hair and be clean shaven, good. Praise God for it. But don't lead yourself to believe that that is what others see when they're looking for Christ or that others see Christ in you when you do that, I should say. It's going to be by the fruit of the Spirit. It's going to be by the characteristics that you display that are like Christ. I thank you for joining us. I give you guys a lot to think about as this first episode back in a really long time. I'm I'm ashamed and embarrassed that we waited this long to release this episode, but I pray that I didn't hurt your feelings uh, too much. And again, like I said, don't, you know, if you've got a comment or question or anything, please let us know on our social media platforms. I'd love to answer every question that you have or everything, you know, just message us. It doesn't have to be this this big display. If you don't feel like commenting on our post or something like that, just, just message us or email us, theeverydaychristians at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I just want to know what your take is on this. Um, but anyway, I, I pray that there's something in this episode that helped you. I'm kind of rambling on here at the end because I feel like there's so much more I could say, but I'm not going to. But I thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. And I pray that, again, something along these lines, something here helps you. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.